think we had three different cocktails. And then wine. So if I'm leaving like Pizza Express. If anyone gets mud on this white coat, I swear to God I'll kill you. I felt like a right twat. This is Your Welcome America presents Girls Aloud Off the Record, Episode 3. Or if you're still in Paris, Episode 3. I am Ben. I am Fraser. Fraser like Razor. And for the next four weeks, we're recapping and reliving the classic 2006 reality show, Girls Aloud Off the Record. And you can watch along with us because the episodes are on YouTube. Okay, for the uninitiated, we need to tell you what the show is all about. So Girls Loud Off the Record follows our beloved UK girl group in the build-up to their 2006 chemistry arena tour. From appearing on TV shows to filming the whole lot of history video in Paris, promoting in Australia coming up this week, and New Zealand, although we never see it, to promotional appearances in Ibiza and Greece and going on an ambassadorial trip to China, open brackets, with former London Mayor Ken Livingston, close brackets. <laughs> Important detail. And uh, here's, here's what's coming up in episode three. This week, our chart-busting Fab Five girl group head down under to find new fans. Back, are you? Do not film me now. <laughs> They've got just 10 days to win over the Aussies on a whistle-stop promotional tour. Up until now, they haven't really gone anywhere else. But it's also a chance for Girls Alone to let their hair down and get into holiday mood. You see the size of a case, I just didn't know what to bring. Half of it's going out. Halfway across the world and away from those pesky pups, the girls do what girls do best. I don't think we'll miss being mobbed, no, or recognised. We're off to the club. And a girl's only holiday wouldn't be the same without a few problems. Who looks like the dickhead? Not you. A holiday romance. I've fancied him for ages and he's a babe. And a chance to get busy with the locals. Can we meet the girls, please? We're going to meet them. Do you know what they're doing tonight? I think everybody deep down is a huge girls allowed fan. (laughs) Oh, it's quite the episode. Okay, so... I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna get this out there from the beginning. Okay. Mm-hmm. You got. You got an announcement. You got something to tell the audience. I've got a. I've got something that I need to get off the, on the record. Actually, in that is basically we have recorded these episodes in advance, and I made a little snafu um, editing episode three. Uh, so that episode is gone, much like Sandra Bullock in the net. I pressed the little pie symbol on the Mozart's Ghost website and I went through to another realm. And when I came back, it was gone. Okay, everyone, it's just gone. So Ben and I are re-recording episode three of Girls Aloud off the record remotely. So that's why it might sound a little strange. And, you know, (laughs) I don't know about you, Ben, but I'm really excited to talk about this episode again. (laughs) Of all the episodes to talk about in depth again for another hour of our lives, I mean, it I'm fine with it being this episode. Also, I want to get you off the hook. And I just want to say, I have someone that I want to blame for this snafu. Oh, who's that? The Millennium Bug. Oh, you're so right. It is the Millennium Bug. It got into my computer and caused me to make a very, very rudimentary error, uh, confusing save and save as. (laughs) That bloody Millennium Bug, 21 years on. She's still still causing chaos. Right. Shall we get into this episode? Yes. Girls, 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 girls,
Okay, we're going to start, but just so you know, you can follow us as ever on Instagram and Twitter. You're welcome, America. You're welcome, USA. And Fraser, what is the email address? It is your welcome America podcast at gmail.com. And your is spelled you are not the word your. Perfect. Okay. The first scene of the episode, I'm calling the Australia trip planning. That doesn't even make any sense. Australia trip planning. <laughs> I'm call, I called it Oz planning, but just before we we truly, <laughs> before we truly land in the planning meeting, we have an mm-hmm. opening. We have an opening shot of them in concert, which I didn't notice the first time around. It's like them all in kind of silhouette uh, at the end of a stage with huge hair, and they're kind of in the semi darkness, and they're all just throwing their huge hair around. And I was kind of thinking, where's that footage from? We don't see that performance in the show. Curious. <sighs> I know. I tell you what, Faye and those editors, they're very sneaky in that edit suite. They're just, you know, just occasionally just dropping in the odd Easter egg for us. No yeah. clue. Then then we hear from three separate people about the exact same subject. Would you like to take it away and tell us about the first person? Okay. I can't remember if this is the first person, but we have a new character joining um, Girls Loud Off the Record. His name is Hassan. He's the VP of International Marketing at Polydor. However, on his on-screen graphic, they have they've misspelled international. So it says VP of International Marketing at Polydor. <laughs> well, he's also missing the the zest for being on camera. I'll say Has- <laughs> Hassan's not really bringing any of the. Um, the pep and the energy that we need, really. He's bringing just some dry, dry facts. And what is he telling us? He says, I think he's saying music and videos are important, but it's actually going to a country in person is what matters. Also, in this scene, Hassan, it's like he's he's standing outside of his office. It's like he's been caught. Like he's just gone to get a coffee. And then Faye on camera's gone, Hassan, just quick chat. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe that explains why he's a little odd. Um, then we hear from Nadine, and I'll just uh, a, a direct quote. This is her opinion on why they have to go to Australia. It's really important that we break into other markets because it means more more money. <laughs> well, I, here here's the thing. This whole series, Nadine is just very honest. You know, like she yeah. just she says says it like it isn't it. Whereas I feel like a, a Cheryl or someone else might be like, well, you know, and it's good to expose other cultures and blah blah blah. Nadine's just like money. Let's make more money. <laughs> uh, then we we hear from our third person to tell us about why it's so good of doing it. Now, <laughs> wait, just 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 this uh, this third person, someone else who almost looks like they've been caught on the fly. In this well, scenario, let, let me tell you something. The first time we did this, I did not do this. What I did in the in the spirit of my kind of technical snafu, I I paused, I paused the screen, and I enhanced. You know, like I would in a kind of nineties thriller. I was enhancing different parts of the screen. I got some details about Hillary's kitchen. We have. <laughs> Wait, we have, who's, who's Hillary? Just remind the audience who oh, is oh, Hillary. Of course, this is Girls Loud manager Hillary. Hillary Shaw. So she's standing in her kitchen, clutching a kind of mug of coffee. But I, I looked at some details. She has one of those spice racks that I think might rotate. Mm-hmm. She has a, a blender on display. There's a teapot clock on her shelf by the sink. She has a, a Jamie Oliver cookbook, and there's a chopping board drying on the drying rack. Beautiful. Now, now we don't know, are we at Hillary's home or are we at Shaw Thing Management HQ? Well, I feel like this, I feel like we're at Hillary's home for this one. I don't feel like at Shaw Thing Management, they need a rotating spice rack. 
Oh, good point. <laughs> I don't oh, imagine good. Hillary just whipping together like a meal and throwing in some, you know, oregano translation oregano for Americans, you know, into like a Italian dish, a nice basil and Italian, you know, a little kind of tomato basil pasta or something. I don't know, maybe. Well, yeah, no, at lunch, Hills is, she is ordering out at lunch in the shopping yeah. management. She's not making spices and, and you know, rotating that rack. She would order, what, 2006? Oh, she's probably going to order a custom funky salad. Do you not think? Yeah, a dead funky salad from Soho, if they're close enough to Soho. Like a dead funky one that comes with, you know, all kinds of accoutrement. I used to love those dead funky salads. I used to call them uh, wanky media salads when I used to get them in London. From, uh, what was it? Totally. Tossed? Tossed. Also, (laughs) and then this is 2006, but maybe if it was 2010, she might have started going to Ocado and she'd be getting like an over-refrigerated bit of sushi. (laughs) Ocado. (laughs) Is that what it was called? I thought Ocado is a delivery service for oh, maybe uh, Ocado is. Wait, what was it? What, oh, wait, wasn't it called like Avocado or something? Yes, it was Avocado. Avocado. <laughs> wow, we've we've gone in depth, and we're not even in we're not even in bloody Australia yet. But anyway, Hillary's in in her kitchen. She's got that mug, and she says Australia is a step towards Asia. Sure, I mean that's geography. Thanks, Hells. <laughs> Shaw thing. A chance, okay. to, a chance to replenish that spice rack with some of Asia's mysterious spices. <laughs> so we then have a meeting with Hillary. So this looks like, I think it's the day before they're all going to Australia. Now this feels very set up by the producers, this meeting. It's like going through the itinerary with, with Hillary, with the girls. Okay. I think, now where do we think we are? Because I think very strong we're now in the Shaw thing management office yes i recognize uh, maybe from a later episode maybe from a previous one i'm i've lost myself in space and time a little bit but i recognize the corner of the sofa that hillary's been interviewed on before where you can see the joe malone candle and the yes. sticks the sticks in a vase but also there's yes. a lovely wicker coffee table a little blue and white rug and then your favorite thing from when we did totally scotly just an exposed radiator the you <laughs> It's only it's only when you leave the UK do you realize that the UK is the land of the exposed radiator. Just radiators everywhere at every shot. You might have like a, you might have a million like 100 million pounds in your bank account. You still live in a house with an exposed radiator. It's just there. <laughs> um, so, so there's there's a lot of confusion between the voiceover and and Hillary about how you say schedule or schedule in this scene. Paul Nichols says one, Hillary says another. You know they're both they're both British, so who knows what the right answer is? Yeah, I don't know what the right answer is. I think I just alternate just to you know tick all the boxes. Yeah. By the way, also one other thing in this room I want to um, just name check and give a shout out is the statement wall. One one wall has been painted a different color. It's like a real statement Dulux paint wall that Hills or has gone for a feature wall. Feature wall, feature wall, lovely. <laughs> so. The best part about this scene is that Hillary decides to try and cover herself on camera for uh, Sarah's absence. So she just kind of stops everything down and she just announces, okay, well, I've heard from Sarah, you know, we've heard from the people in the hospital, you know, she's doing good, um, you know, and we think that she's going to be out by the rest of tonight. And everyone's just like, hmm. <laughs> well, Nicola, Nicola in particular, because in this scene, Hillary's sitting down with the girls to go over the, the planning trip. She, they're doing a planning for the Oz trip. So all the girls are meant to be there. Once she's announced this mysterious illness with Sarah and says, oh, it's probably just a bad bout of flu, Nicola 
in particular sort of smirks and raises her eyebrows. Yeah. Perfect. And, and then the scene ends with just all of the girls really limply going, oh, oh okay. <laughs> okay, but wait, before we get to Oz, someone's got to handle the tickets and the passports. And I think it needs to be Hillary Shaw with a Bluetooth in her ear. I mean, and God knows who she's connected to on that Bluetooth. I guess maybe it's Sarah. Is it because it's Sarah because she's finally arrived? She's here. She's got a giant, she's got a giant suitcase. What's she got in it? <laughs> well, well, first of all, she says, you know, that she's been burning the candle at both ends. Uh, and that's why that's what's been going on. Uh, and then she just proceeds to follow that by announcing that her suitcase is full of going out clothes. So what do we think? What do we think of going out clothes is at that time? Talk me through it. Okay. Okay. Going out. Well, first of all, it's, there are two things to this. It's going out clothes, but going out clothes to wear in a hotter climate. So it's like going out holiday clothes. So I'm thinking some really cool, um, maybe some Miss 60 jeans, exposed midriff, and then maybe like a kind of a silky going out top. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like for some reason in my head, I'm seeing a lot of halter tops, halter oh, neck, halter neck, crossed over, glittery detail at kind of the chest area, uh, gathers together and is, is slightly cropped. What kind of shoe do you think? Well, see, I feel like maybe with, you know, them going to Greece at another point, I'm feeling like that's definitely a wedge. I think maybe for Australia, maybe a wedge because they're thinking a hot country, but maybe just a nice, a nice stiletto. Yeah. I mean, a stiletto that you can just, you can mix and match, do you know? And, and But also, you know, they can take what they want with them, but, you know, I really hope that there's like a stylist or someone over there in Australia to help them out with their looks. What do you think? I don't, I don't think there will be. I think there'll be just a well-oiled machine of them sorting themselves out. <laughs> <laughs> so this next section I've called allowed down under and off the record. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, precisely. So yeah, we see we see the we see kind of their plane landing. I just wrote, "Oof, that flight." What's your issue with the flight? Have you ever done that flight to Australia? No, famously never been. Well, I mean, we're going to act like I didn't tell you this story last time. But I flew, <laughs> as as you well know, I flew to Australia during the SARS epidemic. <laughs> <laughs> So me and my friend got really cheap tickets because of that. And we had an entire economy cabin to ourselves pretty much on the way uh, where I laid out on a, a bunch of seats and slept. And then, as, <laughs> and then as you well know, I'm very triggered by the movie Chicago because on the way back, the entertainment system was broken and I saw Chicago five or six times in a row. But you like the movie Chicago. Well, yeah, because of that, it's it's part of my like DNA now. Bum, bum. Ba-dum, ba-dum, ba-dum. And you know, you know, I don't like flying. And this was pre the days that I was taking like Xanax for flying. So I was just like in like a state of turmoil for like 14 hours, just dun, 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 dun. But wait, is that the key now? If you're ever, if you're ever going to panic or you're, you're about to go off the rails, I should just like bring a, a CD of Chicago or just to- I like the idea of just turning to you and you're just, you've got like a bowler hat and you're just going. I've got some, at all times when I'm hanging out with you, I need to have some emergency fishnets. Yeah. The lady raking. Other passengers are going to love us. Okay. So we've got down under and we're, we're, we seem to have suddenly been put into a giant bus. I mean, there's only five of them, but they're being picked up at the airport in like a giant coach. 
full-on school coach. And for American listeners, <laughs> a school coach is what we would call a school bus. But it's very specifically a coach, which is a much bigger vehicle. <laughs> oh, I love that. So, much like a Steven Spielberg movie where they like to have overlapping dialogue at, or perhaps, you know, entering a scene as someone's already talking. We enter this scene on the bus and Kim's just mid-flow and she's like, do you know what though? You, you don't want to go to sleep because you'll actually not be able to sleep tomorrow. So what you need to do is you need to stay awake and you d- just don't, Sarah, are you listening to me? Don't do that. You've just got to stay awake. <laughs> what does Sarah say? <laughs> Sarah says, oh, don't worry about that. I'll just, I'll just take you for more pills. <laughs> Listen. That's my girl. I, I'm taking pills on a flight as well, Sarah. I'm with you on that one, sister. <laughs> I would I would love to just watch you and Sarah travel to and enjoy Australia together, actually. <laughs> just me and Sarah whacked out of our minds on, uh, on uh, you know, calming drugs on the plane watching Chicago together. Sa- saz-, saz and Fraz and Oz. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? Souls. I love it. I'll, I'll call her after. Right. So, I mean, we don't know what happens that night, but I hope they get some rest because it's the next morning. Hillary, she thinks it's weird. It's, it's 10 minutes to go and the makeup team haven't arrived. So yeah. it's, like, it's all this, this, this whole, this section's a little, a little like UK versus foreigners. It's a little uncomfortable, I will say. Um, and I, something in the voiceover says like, oh, the, uh, the the usual australian laid-back nature is really having its way something like that i'm like shut up stop this yeah yeah so we we see hillary standing in front of that rack of fucking stripy red and blue and white outfits again and she's saying yeah oh well hair and makeup are meant to start in 10 minutes and they're they're not here yet eventually hair and makeup appear and then there's this incredibly tense like kind of a passive aggressive standoff between Hillary and the makeup artist where she's like, well, you know, we needed you to set up, uh, you know, we've only got about 10 minutes and they're like, Oh, we were actually, he's like, Oh yeah, we were here all morning. We were waiting down in reception, but we were calling, calling around. No one was answering. And then she inexplicably says, she's like, well, well, reception didn't call me. And this guy's like, okay <laughs> it's like it's like what hillary what what do you want us to do in this situation also it feels like who hillary why doesn't hillary have like a, a secondary person to do all this kind of stuff do you know what i mean well well in this same in this same kind of section we hear from mark friend international promotions manager and i yeah. realized it's his fault <laughs> Mark. They literally, they describe his job and it's like, his job is to make sure everything runs smoothly. They even do an interview with him where he's like, oh, you know, and hair and makeup's really important when you're looking after a girl band. And then he literally goes, you know, I think everything's going smoothly. And they they play that clip of him saying that over a shot of like these harried Australian hair and makeup people, like unwinding cords around like straighteners and being like, <laughs> like undoing their, their dolphin speak GHD, you know, super stylers, whatever it was that you had. And also <sighs> I will say, I can't let it. I can't let it go without mentioning that just before this, we see Nadine walking down the corridor of the hotel in a floppy hat, and we see uh, Nicola popping out of her room in her, like Matalan pajamas to go and get her room service cart. And I just wrote, she looked, don't you don't you film me? And I, I wrote, she looks so cute. She looked like literally like a little girl in that section. She's just like, oh, don't film me. I love Nicola. Now something's a brewing because you know hair and makeup—they're just one piece of the puzzle. What are they going to wear? That's the big question. Well, this is where we hear from the voiceover that stylist Lauren Jones uh, is going to be styling the band for for this uh, for their time in Australia, and she doesn't know what's hit her. And boy, oh boy, 
That voiceover is not wrong. She does not know what's hit her. Okay. Now, before we get into this, which is maybe one of the most key scenes in all of Girls Aloud off the record, I like, do you think Lauren has worked with the girls before? Because it seems like they kind of know each other or they're, they're, you know, they're like, they're very casual with one another. Yeah. And later on, we do see uh, when they're relaxing by the pool in the infamous phoners scene that we'll get to, we do see Nadine and Lauren are like sitting together, like chit chatting over a mag. And it just feels like that would be, you know, we're not seeing the Australian, you know, hair and makeup stylist just round the pool with them having a cocktail. It feels like there's a, there's a previous relationship here. So I don't know if she came with them from London, happens to be Australian. I'm not sure. There, there seems to be, and we're about to find out in this exchange, there's, there's a level of comfort from everyone involved in this, uh, in this exchange where people are not holding back. Well, speaking of that, tell you who's not holding back. It's Cheryl. She's fizzing. I wrote she's fizzing. Yeah, so. <laughs> just to, just to, I know we'll get into it in detail, but just to give you the overview. So everyone has been dressed from wardrobe, i.e. Lauren has dressed everyone in wardrobe clothes. But Lauren has asked Cheryl to put her own clothes on. Yes. So Cheryl's fizzing about this. And Lauren argues that, well, you know, you're all, doesn't argue, but she says, well, you're all doing different promotion. You're you're not going to be together. So you don't need a sort of cohesive look as a band. You can all look a bit different. Yeah. And and we really, we know we're in trouble because we land on the scene where I'm just going to describe this a little bit. And then I think we should do our dramatic reading. Um, so just before we get to the dramatic reading, we just see her laying out some bits and pieces on the bed of an, of an outfit. And I think it's for Nadine. And she's like, and you just hear her go, she's like, okay, there's the top, there's the shoes. Oh yeah. And the glitter. So I was like, I don't know if she had a loose bag of glitter that she just threw at Nadine. She's like, while she's laying that out, she's getting it all out. She's like, okay, there are the shoes. And then just in the background, really far away, you just hear this kind of faint, like, but I don't know, but I fucking do that. I'm doing TV. What am I, should I be doing that? You can't quite make out like what Cheryl's saying. And yeah, that's when we kind of land in the in the moment. And so should we, Ben and I uh, have a kind of scripted moment, uh, scripted out moment from this little exchange. Okay, so we're going to do a dramatic reading for you now. I am going to be playing the roles of stylist Lauren, Hillary, and Nadine. Those accents, you're going to have Australia, you're going to have, I mean, posh hills, and then you're going to have Nadine. I mean, I think I'm up for the challenge. I think I can handle it. I am going to be reading the role of Cheryl. <clears throat> okay, so we, uh, we join the scene. Cheryl and Lauren are standing in a corridor having a conversation. No, all I'm saying is everybody else is just the nines and I look like a tramp. You don't look like a tramp, babe. Well, why do we all not just get dressed from wardrobe? Hillary pokes her head out of a door. Uh, you, you you can get dressed from wardrobe, but I, th- I thought you chose to wear that. No, she said that we're all wearing our own clothes. Cut to Cheryl and Nadine walking down a corridor. She dresses everybody else from the band in wardrobe and then has me come down in my own clothes and I'm doing a TV. Nadine stares blankly ahead. So who looks like the dickhead? Nadine continues to ignore Cheryl and stare blankly ahead. Not you, because the other two is dressed as well. And then she's going, Nadine didn't have any time. And I said she had as much time as anybody else. I don't know what's wrong with me. I was running myself a bath. I don't even know where we're going, do you? No, a reception. We'll just go to reception. And scene. You're welcome, everyone. I I was really taken... Like to, you know, a corridor and maybe a four-star business hotel somewhere in Australia in the year 2006. Yeah, I don't, I don't know about you. 
oh, that was a it was a, it was a, a strange exchange with uh, very little input from Nadine. Yet again, just mm. Nadine trying to skate on through and not have to really commit to anything. So we get to the hotel reception and they're coming out. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Let's not let's not get to the reception just yet. We need to break it down further. I'm confused because why doesn't Nadine, like any normal person, say, do you know what, Cheryl, you look great. You honestly look great. I know maybe we should have all been dressed in wardrobe, but honestly, you look fantastic. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah no, you've got a point. I feel like maybe a normal human being would have done that, but I don't, I don't think that's what we're dealing with here. Oh, got it, got it. Also, I my theory for this scene is Nadine, again, very no-nonsense. She's, I think... I think she may be buddies with stylist Lauren. And early in the day, she said to Lauren from the word go, do you know what, Lauren? I need clothes from wardrobe. So whatever time they're ready, I just, I need them. And Lauren's gone, okay. So straight in the morning, Nadine's gone to Lauren. She's got her outfit. She's got ready. Do you know what I mean? Well, see, that theory is interesting, but the evidence we have is Nadine saying in the lift that she was running herself a bath, and it makes it sound like Nadine was running late, because actually there's a little a little a snippet because that we lost in our dramatic reading, which is uh, Nadine and stylist Lauren together, and Nadine's going, Nadine's going, Lauren, where's my room card? Oh, no, I can't find, where are my shoes? Ooh, like really flapping around, and it's almost like she's taken up all of the time that it would have taken to dress Cheryl as well. Oh. I'm not sure if she's like slightly stolen Cheryl's time. And that's also another reason why Cheryl's fizzing. And maybe there had to be a little bit of backtrack being like, okay, shit. Well, Cheryl looks great. So we don't have time to dress her now. So maybe we should just be like, you wear your own stuff. It's fine. I don't know. Well, it's, it, I feel like there's many, this is a bit like that movie. Um, <laughs> oh my God. I don't know why I'm referencing this. There's a movie called Vantage Point that came out in like 2016 and it's about an assassination, but it's from everyone's different vantage points. I feel like there's so many different stories to tell within this story that we're almost never going to know what truly happened. This is, this is like, I mean, we could spin off into like a true life crime podcast where this one <laughs> scene is, is analyzed and we get like special forensic people to map out, you know, every element of what happened just to find out the truth. Should we do that for our next Your Welcome America Presents? It'll be Your Welcome America Presents the fight between Cheryl and Nadine and Stylist Lauren. And then we'll just, Sold. we'll get in like forensic experts, fashion experts, uh, you, you know, someone working from that hotel in Australia at the time, Australia, uh, the country, Nicole Kidman. Um, okay, we're well, just brainstorming here, but yeah, let's do that. Perfect. Okay, perfect. Okay, so Nadine and Cheryl, they get down, they're lost, but they get down to reception in the hotel. And so at this point, someone appears. Yeah, some some Australian gay called Justin. Is it Justin? I think I it's know. Justin. I, I've forgotten to write his name down <laughs> a second time. Wow, burn on you, Justin. So <laughs> he's obviously some some Australian gay that's working for the the Australia side of things because first of all, it sounds like he's someone from the press approaching them, but actually they're they're a little bit more like pally pally with him. So he's basically trying to coordinate where they're going and what they're doing. And he's like, okay, there's he's like, okay, there's a couple of people for you to talk to. So you're going to be doing uh, sitting down doing a TV together. And Cheryl's like together. Ooh, starts like again just fizzing about it tv and, yeah she's just like you can tell she wants to keep arguing then she realizes that she's going to look really petty carrying on in front of someone else so she kind of just like swallows down the rage um and then nadine takes this time to really she's like do you know what i'm actually going to speak for the first time in this scene and she basically she says do you know what it is she doesn't want to be interviewed with me on camera because she hates me <laughs> And then gay Australian Justin, he jumps in and says, well, I don't think anyone likes you. 
And then Cheryl loves that. It's like the yeah. first moment where Cheryl, it's like, I mean, I think that gay is essentially us. He's like, okay, fuck, there's a problem at work. We're just going to jump in with like a slightly cutting joke that has some truth to it and everything's going to be fine. Yeah, you know and he's like, and he's like, Nadine can't be angry because it's like she's she's already been self-deprecating, so she's opened that door. Cheryl's gonna laugh because she actually does hate Nadine. You know, supposedly, allegedly, do not want to get sued. Um, <laughs> if anyone's gonna listen to this and sue us, <laughs> very funny. Sorry, that's a very funny thought. And yeah, I, I think, I think, I think, um, you know, random gay Justin, he he made the right decision there. Yeah. Good, well, good work, Justin. Good yeah. work. Diplomatic. Oh, where are we going next? Well, for some reason, it was, from what we're being told by the timeline of this show, they leave the hotel in the middle of press for a sound check, an incredibly fraught sound check that they are two hours late for. And we know that because Hillary is standing there going, okay, yep, run, run the song, run through, just run through it once. We'll just run through it, everyone. We'll just run through it. Come on, everyone. Come on. Oh, it's very tense. And, and then Nadine says that this this reminds her of a showcase they did in Zurich that did not go well. Many questions about this showcase in Zurich. Why why were girls allowed in Zurich? <laughs> First of all, I could listen to Nadine say Zurich, Zurich. She really goes Zurich. It gets that C at the end, the CK Zurich. So I don't know. I, I feel like there has to have been some Swiss bank that paid for girls allowed to come over <laughs> and some very confused Swiss bankers watching them doing like the show on some folding chairs in like a posh hotel in Zurich. I, yeah. I think like a Swiss bank had to like get rid of a load of money before the end of the year. And they were like, we want to spend, want to spend a good amount of money because we have to get rid of it before taxes, but not too much money. Oh, girls allowed. So they get shipped over and the bankers are all sitting there watching it being like, what is this? But, also, sure, this is fun. That was the worst gig we've ever done in Zurich. We were, we were performing for Credit Suisse in Zurich. And, you know, the folding, the folding chairs wouldn't fold out. And then we had a sound problem in Zurich. It did not go well. <laughs> so, meanwhile, back in Australia at the sound check, not only are they late, things are not going well here because the record company, they've brought, the, they've brought a cassette tape of the old version of Sound of the Underground. So it sounds like the girls used to perform to a version of Sound of the Underground and they updated it and they've got a new version that you normally do. Anyway, this using the fact they have to use the old version, it's mucked up their choreo. And there's a mention here of a jungle step. Yeah. Cheryl says, we've, she's like, we've updated the choreo. We used to do a jungle step, but we've passed that. What's a jungle step? What's a jungle step? Very nervous about what that means. Hey, question for you. What is what was jungle music? Wasn't that like a type of dance music for a while? It was. It was a type of dance music in, in the UK. So maybe it was maybe that was it. Jungle step, dance, move. I'm just Googling it. I've spelled every single word wrong in that Google search. I'm seeing something called a jungle jump which I think might be a children's... I, okay, okay, we're going to rein it back. I, I've gone down a path. I'm watching like children's videos of dancing to uh, Lion King in the jungle. Let's not do this. Okay. No, no, let's move it back. <laughs> They're past it. They're, we're past this. So we've done the sound check. And with this next section, I've called Wardrobe the Sequel. <laughs> I call this Wardrobe Part 2. Oh, <laughs> Okay, so they're now changing into different looks, and we're back at this red, white, and blue theme. So red, white, and blue, 
I mean, neckerchief, like when are we driving a train, like they're flying a plane. Look, <laughs> when are we not? When are we not in this look? Honestly, talk us through some specifics, please. Well, we land. We landed on the moment that we just hear a really quick quote from Shez, where she just said, "Who decided on red, white, and blue?" And then we cut. <laughs> We cut to Nadine and Kimberly uh, in the bathroom of a hotel room. And uh, Kimberly explains that they exchanged uh, bottoms of their outfits, basically. So she said she swapped a skirt. She's like, it wasn't working for me. She gave it to Nadine and she swapped it for. Now, what am I going to call these? I'm calling these a white dumpy bloomer. I've called them white pantaloons. Yes, a dumpy. She's wearing like a kind of a, a dumpy pantaloon, which is doesn't go all the way to the ground. So it's not a harem. It's like a a cropped pantaloon kind of dumpy white trouser. And I have to say, kudos to Kim for really pulling off quite a hideous garment. She looked great. She, I mean, it's remarkable how good she looks in <laughs> it's these, like, these pantaloons. Yeah, it's a true testament to her beauty that she managed to pull off just the world's most hideous kind of pantaloons. <laughs> Meanwhile, driving this train is is Cheryl in a neckerchief. Well, she's talking about Sarah being unimpressed with, with her outfit, but Cheryl is dressed like a crazed flight attendant. She looks like she's just done like a full meal service during turbulence. And it's like just, <laughs> and has like just gone back to the galley and is like resting her hand on the galley and being like, oh my God, she's basically wearing a neckerchief. Like in her makeup looks crazy. She looks like a virgin, like a virgin flight attendant with like really red lips. Her hair is like huge. She honestly looks like she's just gone through like a a tropical storm in turbulence and still had to serve like 500 people their meals in economy. (laughs) (sighs) Meanwhile, back, back in the, in wardrobe, the sequel part two drums. So the main problem here is that it's now Sarah who's, who's unhappy with her outfit. She is, she's got a corset top, long shorts with no she says no arse and it's sort of very flat on on her bum and i think Faye on camera asks her you know oh maybe you could wear something else or is there another option and sarah says is there another option if there was i'd be wearing it like, oh god yeah this outfit is not good she looks like a kind of a french pirate there's kind yeah. of a very pirate edge to it, but it's it's got all the colors of a, of the French flag or American flag, I guess. But to me, she was giving me French a French kind of pirate wench look, and it was not good. And she's basically saying she can't breathe in the corset and that they've got like a, a bet going that one of her nips is going to pop out during Love Machine. See, this is what I will say about Sarah is that you can tell she's furious, but because they're filming her on camera, she's really trying to put on a brave face and like have fun with it. And it's not completely convincing, but I appreciate the effort. Yeah. Meanwhile, Cheryl, Cheryl does like the most ultimate, it's almost like, uh, I, I don't, I found, I don't know what this is equivalent to. Is it like speaking to like a colleague at work or you're going to try to be very firm with someone, but also polite. So Cheryl says, well, unless we change all the outfits when we're already 10 minutes late, then I don't really know what we can do. Yeah, and then much like in, in her classic sitcom that she's starring in, The Office, starring Cheryl, she just looks directly down the barrel of the camera, and that would be the point where the credits would start rolling. It'd be like, da 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 woo! But meanwhile, <laughs> the, credits, the, the credits don't roll. We just hear some music wafting from, from the back of the, the, the room, don't we, from the, the hotel room. What music is playing, Fraser? <laughs> Well, Hillary's on the phone basically trying to cover up the fact that they're running late. And she's like, we're leaving, we're leaving, we're leaving. And just just to try and soothe everyone's jangled nerves in that hotel room, we hear the soothing sounds of a little song by Corinne Bailey Ray. Girl, your favorite song. That's how I let your head down. Imagine Nadine covering that song. 
Girl, put your records on. Let me tell you a little something about that song. When I used to work at the Early Learning Center in London on Sloan Street, we had like a music system that played the same songs over and over again. And Curry Bailey Ray's Girl, Put Your Records On was strongly on a loop the whole time I worked there for like two and a half years. That song never left the rotation. Meanwhile, Cheryl doesn't understand. She's like, I don't understand why it has to be stressful all the time. And I, I have to say, I, I do agree. I'm kind of annoyed that, well, I'm half annoyed that they're a very successful girl group and everything's a bit of a shambles. But then I'm also like, oh, that kind of means I could do I could do any of these jobs, really. <laughs> yeah. And I think, we, as we've said a lot on this show, or maybe said a lot in later episodes, who knows what time and space is. But, uh, you know, this at this point in their career, they are still just about to kind of they're not at the top of that wave yet. They're still on the way up. So I think maybe that is reflected a little bit in some of the stuff that happens to them in this show. Yeah. And then <laughs> we have, you know, unintentional queen of comedy timing, Hillary, at this point. We see all of the girls, like, bundling out of a people carrier, which is a very British expression. You know, they're all, like, doing this, this, this. They're all looking very, like, stressed and harried. And we just... <laughs> Hillary just kind of says almost to herself, oh, tomorrow we're just going to have to start earlier. <laughs> I was like, yeah, Hillary, I think you're probably going to have to. Yeah. Hillary, come on, get it together. Organize this, please. Get out your Filofax. No, get out your Palm Pilot, which I bet she has. And just, you know, just shove everything up, maybe 45 minutes. God. I know. I thought, we'd, I thought we'd really solidified and, you know, laminated the schedule schedule when we were back at Sure Thing Management, but maybe not. <laughs> also, we also missed out um, on the way uh, down from the hotel room. Sarah, they're in the elevator, and Sarah's freaking out about something. She's like, "Oh my god, I've I've, I've left my lucky bit of oh I forgot my thing." But everyone's just ignoring her. It's like that elevator is going down to that people carrier, and they are leaving. Yeah, much like Nadine during the wardrobe drama, everyone's staring straight ahead and putting themselves in a different place. So they get to the gig. The voiceover here says, the impeccably dressed but grumpy girls arrive at the gig. I'm like, all those things are true. There. <laughs> so they get there and actually they're quite excited because so many people have turned up. You know? Yeah. There's, there's definitely a, suddenly they, they have like a real pep back in their step, don't they? And like, you know, they're like, like saying like, oh, oh, well, we weren't expecting this many fans. You can see they're all suddenly getting the thrill of like performance. And at this point, we just get a lovely, beautiful quote from our girl Kim where she just goes, I think I could hear them chanting girls aloud. But, you know, I was on the toilet. I, I wasn't quite sure. <laughs> She's on the toilet. She's got those pantaloons down, you know. <laughs> There's also a lovely moment here where Nicola snaps into like professional performance mode and she's like with all the girls, she's like, right, okay, we're going to step on stage. You're going to give energy. We're going to do this. It's going to be amazing. Let's go for it, girls. And it's like, whoa. It's like some scenes she's like a cheeky younger sister and other other times she's like this slick performance machine, which adore. Yeah, and I was I feel like when I was watching that moment, I was like, Oh, do you know what as well? Nicola if Nicola said that to you in that situation, you'd really listen because she's not now I'm not gonna I don't know how to word this in a way that doesn't sound so rude, but let's just say I feel like they hear Cheryl's voice a lot in the group, just in general, just going around. It's just it's like she doesn't stop. Whereas I feel like because Nicola's quite quiet, when she talks, there's a lot of impact. And I feel like that is that was you see that in that moment and you also see the the like floor manager or whoever's like in charge of the gig is like queuing them out and he she's the one he's giving the instructions to he's like he's like i'll go you out your cue those musical stuff she's like yep 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 i just feel like i i really trust nicola she's got she's got a head screwed on i hate that expression it's really I feel patronizing like she would- 
she'd walk into the venue and she'd go straight up to the sound person and like put her hand and be like, hi, I'm Nicola. I believe you're doing sound. Right. Let's get this done. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. And then, so they, they go out onto stage and we just kind of see a very clipped, a very short version of their performance and it's all scored to Sound of the Underground. What a great song. I mean, a perfect song still is. Yeah. It's, it's really evergreen that song. It hasn't, it hasn't aged. It hasn't aged in a way where you like. You just can't. You can't put it in any time or or space. It's quite something. Okay, so the gig happens, and then we get a lot of a lot of fans talking to the camera. Now, I feel like there are lots of straight guys here, which was very confusing to me. Yeah, well, there's there's a very rude exchange where these Australian guys are like, oh, he likes the ginger one. Oh, I don't know why. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, let's not do this. Like, come on, grow mm. up. Then there's a, well, I wrote straight guy in quotation marks where he's like, yeah, it was great. Uh, re- really good performance. It was, it was really tight. I'm like, all right, sir. Like, I'm sure everyone thinks you're straight. Maybe I should be outing people hit this historically. Am I going to get sued again? You, you are litigious a go-go in this episode tell you what it's because i'm not we do not need the legal attention so stop it it's it's ever since i clicked on that mozart's ghost page as sandra bullock and the net i've really i've really fallen into something else but um anyway so the the girls are backstage um after this gig and they're all like melting because they were so hot in that gig and they they seem all very like elated but also really exhausted and at this point (laughs) nicola just goes She's like, please, Hillary, we're not meeting press people right now, are we? And you just say, Hillary, she's like, we've got to. And then it just cuts. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Faye's like, I've had enough as well. Faye on camera, she just turns off that handy cam. Yeah. She's like, I don't need to see this argument. No one does. <laughs> now, a few things happen that night, which we don't get to see, but we definitely feel the ramifications of them the next day, don't we? Yeah, we do. We kind of land land back in the hotel. Nicola has got her door open and Cheryl's across the corridor with a towel on her head, looking very green around the gills, as they say. <laughs> <laughs> and Nicola's like, are you, like, are you hungover? And Cheryl's just like, oh. And <laughs> Nicola just closes her own bedroom door and she goes, she goes oh, God, oh, poor sod. And just closes the door. So it turns out that Cheryl Nadine stayed up drinking, drinking their their mini bar. Yeah, so we we kind of we go down into reception, and Cheryl <laughs> Cheryl's sitting on a on a sofa in reception. She's wearing a, kind of an all white outfit uh, with these big glasses that I've dubbed the kind of two thousand five bug glasses. She looks like yes. a, like an insect, and she's she's looking rough. And Nadine kind of trots into reception, and then what do they say? Well, there's a moment where. Um, Old old bug eye Shazza is like, I tried to eat a piece of toast. No, hurled it right back up. And the dean's just kind of like, oh, okay. <laughs> I do. So that- I will say though, at this at this moment, it is very heartwarming that Cheryl and Nadine stayed up the night before, considering 24 hours ago it was wardrobe drams between the two of them, and then last night they get drunk in the minibar. Yeah, it's it's nice to nice to think about some warmth between, especially those two, because that feels like sometimes a little bit like the iciest uh, kind of relationship. So yeah, that made me really happy. What what do you think they were drinking? But but here's the thing: I think the voiceover is misleading because I think the girls they went like Kim and Nicola. Everyone's like, no, I'm gonna go to bed. Who knows where Sarah went? So then I think Nadine and Cheryl went to the, the hotel bar, and I think they might have had like a lychee martini. You know, something like that. And then they had a couple of drinks, and I think they then went up to their room or one of the rooms and then had, you know, some fun with the mini bar, like some mini wines, you know? 
that's the footage that I really need to see. Not even the footage in the bar. I need to see what they were doing in that room. Maybe, you know, maybe Cheryl was like, she's like, Nadine, let's do the jungle step again. She's just doing a jungle step in the room, whatever that means. Um, so at this point, a giant bus arrives to take them, I think, to the airport again, because they're going to go to Sydney. Or maybe they're driving to Sydney. I'm not really sure. But they basically, like, pile onto the bus. And Sarah's like, she's like, yeah, it's like a tour bus. Yeah, rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> we then, we smash cut from Sarah's, like, fun energy. And they just, we land again on Kim. And she's just like, oh, we've got to try and go out one of these nights, haven't we? <laughs> And then, and then we've got Nicola just in the corner, like a a schoolgirl on a on a trip, like on a school trip, and she's just like giggling and laughing at Cheryl because Cheryl's so hungover. And then we have Cheryl just looking at the camera, being like, "I advise anyone if you're thinking of having a drink, not to." <laughs> oh, that's a fun moment. And then, uh, and then, so we're just you know we're the the bus heads off, and then just before we go, we see a little bit of footage that I think. Might go down in history. Whole lot of history. Talk Whole me through it. lot of history. Okay. So I don't know if this is just before the bus starts moving or if they've had to stop off somewhere. I don't know. But we just see old bug-eyed Cheryl stumbling over to the corner of a building, like the outside of a building. And I think it's Hillary's like helping and holding her hair back. And you just hear her vom everywhere. A big old bit of puke. Now, I don't know about you, but I feel like there was a little touch of shenanigans with the uh, the sound in this scene, the sound design. I think there was a little bit of, I, 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 I call Foley work on this. I think there was a little bit of extra Foley work happening in the edit. I think Faye was, Faye was in that edit suite in Soho, pretending to throw up in a bin and recording it and adding it in post. What do you think? Just, Faye, Faye in the edit was just sweetening that sound ever so slightly. I think yeah. I said to you before, it sounds like the vomit of when you used to play like theme park or theme hospital. <laughs> and one of your guests or visitors vomits. It's like if you, if there was like a Google image search for sound like a google sound search and you just typed in vomit that's the noise that would come up it's like there's that one scream that's the, the will wilhelm scream or whatever it is that's used in like every movie from a certain point to a certain point that's the the cheryl vomit yeah cheryl vom so she vomits in the bin and hillary's holding her hair back and then we have nadine and kim standing together while cheryl's vomiting in the corner and nadine's saying i'm not i'm not going to take any responsibility for this I actually hold you totally responsible. <laughs> Beautiful. Then we we have a shot of Nadine and Sarah, and they're they're sharing headphones. <laughs> and, and then Nadine's saying, "I just, you know, I don't know, you know, I don't know what happened, but last time we had we had um three different cocktails and then wine, and we had no dinner." And then Sarah just says, "Oh, no dinner? No wonder she's done in then." <laughs> done in. Sure. Done in. Shez is done in. What do you think they were listening to on that shared, Nadine and Sarah were listening to on that shared headphone set? I'm trying to imagine what would bring, what would unite the two of them together musically. I think it would be some sort of like upbeat dance track, which would appeal to Sarah, but with like a huge soaring female vocal, which would appear, appeal to Nadine. So kind of like not not when love takes over with David Guetta and Kelly Rowland because it wasn't out yet, but something something of its of its ilk. Exactly, exactly. Or imagine Nadine doing when love takes over. What? Oh wait, well, what about Cry for You? 
Oh, what, September? Yeah. <laughs> Your husband Jesse's favorite uh, 2000s dance song. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> My God, I can't believe I know that about you guys. We do spend too much time together. <laughs> oh. <laughs> right, we need to get to Sydney. Oh my God, we're not even at Sydney yet. So, <laughs> wow, we've managed to talk for longer than the original Lost recording, I think. So um, so we arrive in Sydney and there's a photographer waiting for them. And he's like, oh, he's like, all right, can I just take a few snaps of you guys? And then Cheryl says, pictures of me now? I don't think so. I got spew on my trousers. She's like, no chance. No chance. So uh, they they get whisked away to Sunrise uh a Sunrise Australia TV show, whatever that is. I'm guessing the Australian version of GMTV or Good Morning America, whatever you want to say. And uh, yeah, there's they're basically in the studio and then there's a shot of these kind of rabid Australian Girls Aloud fans outside the studio. Now, this is a real 2005, 2006 motley crew of uh, young homosexuals who enjoy the music of Girls Aloud. Again, please don't sue me. It's been a long time. I'm sure you're all out by now. So... <laughs> I just want to talk about a couple of hairstyles that we see in the fan standing outside. Mm-hmm. Two gentlemen whose hair I would describe as what I used to call in the UK, the regional cockatoo, which is just a, <laughs> which was a, a kind of in the mid aughts in the UK, if you were kind of a, a gay, a young gay man. And again, this is coming from a place of jealousy because I had Afro hair that could not be styled. So maybe this is just some racial, racial tension in my body, but I, there was kind of a, a real look to have hair that almost looks like a cockatoo's, you know, the top of a cockatoo's head, but with, um, you know, some fun colors. And I was seeing some reds and some blondes, you know, going through a lovely regional Australian cockatoo. I guess maybe if there's an Australian bird, that, like the regional kookaburra, I don't know. <laughs> it's got a little regional kookaburra hair. Do you know what you've just made me remember? Um, we've got a reference at this point, Egyptian grandma, because beside her pool growing up, her indoor pool with AstroTurf in Scotland, she had loads of um, like professionally constructed paper mache parrots and flamingos what? that were kind of all like hanging and standing amongst like fake tropical plants. And that's okay. what it reminded me of. <laughs> I knew about the tropical plants, but you've you've always held you've never told me the detail about paper mache birds. How were they not getting too damp in the heat? In the heat of the pool, I, I well, I think they had a, a very high quality lacquer to them was, on the outside. I was going to say, was there some kind of clear varnish or something over the top of them <laughs> yeah. so you could so you could like knock on the parrot's head and get like that kind of noise? Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Okay. And also just and also just to set the scene at the the end of the the room in the beside the pool there was a, a 1980s constructed stained glass window that was very funky. Oh my god, I w- I wish I could jump in this you know time machine that we're in at the moment and uh and go back and see it. Yeah. Anyway, uh, the girls are performing I'll stand by you inexplicably. <laughs> this seems to be their lead single in uh, Australia. A bold choice, a, a strange choice, but a choice nonetheless so yeah they're doing lots of promo they go to a radio show called the cubby house did you see that yeah very odd the cubby house didn't understand that just before we just before we head to that this very next special location i wrote (laughs) i wrote a note which i clearly disagree with my own opinion i think maybe it was because they were sitting down i wrote oof kim's bloomers aren't looking good (laughs) i think maybe they're just i think they're better for standing i don't think they look good sitting well, I actually, I don't think they travel well, the bloomers. So that flight to Sydney, that internal domestic flight didn't travel well. 
Yeah, they've wil- wilted a bit in that on, <laughs> in the pressure of the cabin. Okay, <laughs> shall we? Shall we inexplicably go to the zoo? <laughs> well, you know, we should go to the zoo to get some photos done because that would be nice. <laughs> so, uh, right out of the gate, uh, Nadine has a wild statement and set of opinions about her opinion on animals. Do you want to talk me through it? Okay, this is very confused. Is I've written here, is Nadine pro or anti-animals in cages? Okay, because she just says she's at the zoo and she's looking afar at the animals and she says, I'm really anti-animals. They're just so unpredictable. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> so because we, you know, thanks to my handiwork, got to do this episode twice. I got to hit, listen again to this quote. She's <laughs> she says, I hope this doesn't sound bad. But I'm not, but I, but I'm not anti-animals in cages because they're unpredictable. So basically, what she's saying is Nadine here is coming out as pro animals in cages. Oh god! <laughs> because this because right. this particular petting zoo in um, in Sydney seems to have a lot of loose a lot of loose kangaroos and animals just running around and. Uh, <laughs> Because Cheryl Cheryl at this point is just hanging out with a kangaroo. Cheryl's loving this. She's right beside that, up in that kangaroo's face. And then she says, what will I do if I kiss it? Bite my face off. (laughs) And then at this point, point, uh, Nadine goes, she like gestures to Cheryl kissing this kangaroo. And she's like, look at her. She's off her head. I told her that time we were in Zurich. Not to go near the animals. I was like, Cheryl, don't go near that goat in the mountain. It's Zurich. And then, and then to say that again. And we see them all lined up and someone's holding a koala and the koala just like moves an inch and Nadine like jumps back and says, fucking hell. <laughs> fucking hell. I'm getting far too close for that. I told them that when I was in Zurich. Once again, at this point, I need to just pitch my TV show, which is just Cheryl and Nadine reacting to things. I want to hear, I want to see and watch and hear those two individuals reacting to anything. <laughs> I would, I would watch that. And I think it should be set in Zurich. <laughs> <laughs> right. We've got, we've got to meet some more people at this point, don't we? We, we do. This is when... <laughs> This is when we meet uh, a little character called Lang, who I have described as the ghost of my Australian youth. <laughs> well, we're meeting two people. It's Emily and Lang. They're Girls Loud super fans. Emily doesn't get a word in. Lang, um, he steals all the attention here, doesn't he? Yeah, she, <laughs> poor, poor Emily's just there for, there for the ride. Lang is firmly in control of this vehicle. And he's basically a Girls Loud super fan. And we see him and him and Emily, they're dancing to Love Machine. They're trying to do their dance from the video like in his front room. There's an incredibly large CD rack in that house. No, VHS collection, sorry. Lots of VHSs in that living room. Is that what you remember? That's that's not what I noticed. I noticed the surfboards behind the TV. Just you know what? Tell, you, tell you what, Emily and Lang, they're not surfing. Second time around, and I still did not see those fucking surfboards. My eyes were instantly drawn to this incredibly large VHS collection that was like displayed. Um, and then basically at this point, they display their own good taste. He says that Kim is his favorite and her favorite is Nadine. I was like, great. Although, you know, I would actually take any of them in any combination as great choices. Yeah, I feel like they could say any member of Girls Lab would be like, yeah, great, you're right choice. Yeah, they're like, like oh. they're like, she's like, I'm a really, she's like, I'm a really big fan of Hillary. And he's like, I really like Hassan Chowdhury, the international <laughs> marketing VP at Polydor. We'd be like, yep, fine. Love him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
so they get they get they go get to meet um the girls at the zoo don't they yeah and it's a very strange setup where they just get whisked to the zoo they meet the girls they're very very starstruck um <laughs> oh I have to, I'm sorry to make us talk about something for even longer, but just when they were holding those animals, there's this woman, this PR lady, and she says, she's like, oh, girls, can I just get you to pose for a picture for Girlfriend magazine? I was like, I was like, I don't know what Girlfriend magazine is, but I'm very, very interested in finding out about it. Well, I'm Googling right now, Girlfriend magazine Australia. I'm hoping it was like, it was probably like a, like a younger Top of the Pops magazine. Like, I can't remember what the younger girls magazines were, like just 17. Oh, it's st- it's still around. Okay, um, Girlfriend Magazine is an Australian teen girls magazine established in 1988, and and there's teen fashion, beauty, and entertainment. I'm clicking on the website. All the pictures on the website look like I have taken them on an iPhone six, and yeah, that that's pretty much Girlfriend Magazine. Should we uh, should we go and do some phoners by the pool? phoners for for listeners aren't aware phoners are phone interviews so we go back to the hotel and kimberly really her finest <laughs> finest year <laughs> kimberly okay the first shot we see is kimberly just slumped in the direct sunshine just looking unbelievably gorgeous in a bikini and she's just on the phone just like saying well you know i've always been, i went to stage school and i always liked a bit of singing so I, I, what i did next was i was on stage with the girls and the you know, sound of the underground it's like sounds like the most um, like if i were ever to have a panic attack i just want to i just want to hear that <laughs> on a loop you know call call kimberly on her flip phone in 2005 and be like kim tell me how you got started in showbiz Oh, well, yeah. I'll, t- I'll tell you, you know, when I was at Italia Conte. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I got to play Princess Fiona and Shrek. Who knew? Big, but not the touring musical. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, now, there's someone who doesn't appear to be doing a phone interview. We've got Nadine. She picks up the phone and she goes, hello, you know, who am I speaking to? And then she's suddenly like, oh, and she starts fanning away. Faye on camera she's like don't don't film this don't film this who's she speaking to she is speaking to hunk of all hunks of 2006 jesse fucking metcalf the the gardener himself jesse metcalf now Mm. did we talk about this on the last recording of this episode about the fact that your husband jesse and myself have worked out with jesse metcalf separately yes now we should say to listeners this was not planned but there is, oh, this is so appropriate for this episode. So there is a fitness concept in LA called Trining Might, which is all Australian themed. I I still believe that none of the trainers are Australian and they're actually just putting on accents. However, pre-COVID times, if you went, you would go and you do group training and you might just turn up class of 20 and you, you often get paired up with people. And both you and uh, Jesse here have been teamed up with Jesse Metcalf. Yeah, I, I actually I didn't get teamed up with him. He, Jesse, oh. your your Jesse got full on Jesse and Jesse. I just was in a like circuit thing with Jesse Metcalf. I purposefully because you get put into little groups. I was in a group with him just so I could follow him around and kind of stare at him. He's very I, good looking. How, how did he do? How did he do in the class? He's he's good. He's he's got a very good body and still he's very handsome. He still kind of looks almost the same in a way that is quite unnerving actually. I don't know what he's doing to preserve himself like some kind of fossil, but he looks good. But I feel like now that he's got a bit of stubble, he's, he's, it's like, 
if he didn't have the stubble and he was tr- still trying to look exactly the same, that would be creepy. But the stubble makes it work. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, he, he looks good. I mean, I've, also- I've really mingled with the stars at Training Mate. You know, between Jesse Metcalf and uh, Louise from Hollyoaks. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I'm trying to think who I've had. Oh, I've had at uh, Barry's, I've had Diplo repeatedly. Fun fact, he always takes the treadmill right at the end, never stays for the cool down. Never. Like, where have you got to go, Diplo? You need to fucking cool down. And yeah, I've Diplo's also had... Got some muscle damage going on after those I workouts. Oh, Okay. Oh, who, are um, we? And then, who are we? Oh, so Nadine's just quick. We get, like, basically, we get... Faye did a really good job in the edit here. She spliced together maybe three or four different scenes with Nadine where she finally managed to get Nadine to talk to her on camera. And it's her talking about Jesse Metcalf. And it's basically her. She's like, I fancied him for ages. He's a babe. And then she's just like, oh, yeah, he asked me out, it's great. And literally in like every word of the interview is she's wearing a different outfit. It's all like spliced together. She's like, I fancied him for ages and he's our babe. <laughs> <laughs> we also have, you mentioned it earlier, but in the background here, we've got, um, there's a shot of stylist Lauren um, with Nadine. And Lauren's got uh, a copy of a magazine that's just called Famous just magazine, <laughs> and in it she's like look at this look at this and inside it's a picture of nadine and jesse together now why do you think jesse was in australia i don't know it must have been a a desperate i was about to call it dezo must have been a dezo housewives you know promo tour or something maybe that would make that would actually make a lot of sense also love the name of the magazines in australia have you read the latest copy of famous yeah I put it down after i read girlfriend <laughs> or a collaboration famous girlfriend <laughs> i would i would like a subscription to all those magazines please <sighs> right should we oh. head on a night out in sydney should we go oh, out we should we should let's let's, tell you, let's go out babes so nadine she's not going to come with us because she's got she's got her date fair enough yeah. you go off on your date with jesse metcalf sarah's um, rummaged in her suitcase and put on one of her going out tops yeah and and probably let you know the girls have borrowed one each as well why not sure thing so the other four, yeah, they go for a night out. It's like their last night out in Australia. We see, and even Hills is out as well. She's in yeah. the action. And there's a shot of Cheryl and she's got a cocktail and she's like, Shez is back on the cocktails. Yeah, we then smash cut to Cheryl saying, I'm going home. <laughs> after one <laughs> after one drink, she's like, I can hardly keep my eyes open. Do you know what like, it reminds me of? It's like, if, okay, say you, you're like, back in the day you'd have a really huge night out whether you meant it or not on a friday and then, on a friday and then the saturday you're meant to be going out so you go out on the saturday and you're like yeah look, i could do this and you have a cocktail and you're like yeah i could do it and then it hits you like i can't do this yeah you, i've had many a moment where i've stood in like a bar or a club do that exact same position where i've looked around and you see people going like i'm having the time of my life and i was like i've got to leave i have to immediately leave right now i have to go home I was like, I'm not with these people. They're not my people. I've had that many many times. I've not had that feeling in years, but I've had that feeling millions of times. We need to, well, listen, post-vaccine, we're going to start going out on Fridays and Saturdays like we're in our 20s. It's going to be great. Marriages are going to crumble. You know, health is going to fail. We're too old for this behavior, but it's going to be great. (laughs) No, I mean, I want to know what we're going to be drinking because it seems here that the, the girls are drinking like a mango pureed martini. Yeah, it's going to really curdle with the tequila shots that Sarah makes them do in the next scene. Yeah. <laughs> Sarah, so what, says, Sarah says, we're off to club. For a boogie. <laughs> for a boogie. Yeah, oh. she does. The thing, is, the thing is about Sarah is I, I like, as, as kind of wild and unpredictable as she seems, you know, on paper or her reputation, I kind of trust her. Like in this scene, I'm like, 
I would, I would like, I can imagine being in Australia with with them and her being like, we're going out, and I can just imagine like handing over my trust to her. Does that make sense? Just being like, Sarah, she, you choose where we go, what we're going to do. You force me to do shots when you feel like I don't know. She's like, she's really fun. She's so fun. I think Sarah, like, she would speak to the the bartender. She'd chat them up. She'd get shots, and she'd be like, Hey, where should we go after this? Where's the thing we should go to? Oh, there. Got it. Yeah, and then she'd come back to the girls. Like, right, girls, do these shots. We're off to blah, 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 because it's the best place to go. Like, she'd be sorted, you know? Yeah, I just, yeah, I just, I would feel, I feel like I'm in good hands with her. And then, so she's, then we see shots of them, you know, up in the club and they're all dancing and like looking kind of sweaty, but in that like very beautiful way. They all look very like they've been on holiday. It, it looks like a holiday night out. It's like, yeah. it's Kimberly, Nic- Nicola, and Sarah, isn't it? And they're all like grinding on this stage. Oh, they're having such, it is so fun. Nicola does that great thing where you take a shot and then you do like a full body shiver. She does that. And then, and she sort of like holds her hands up over her face and is like laughing, like, don't film me. Don't film me. I haven't even, I haven't even felt that shudder. I haven't, I haven't done a shot in like, I don't know how long. I tell you when I last felt that shudder, when we had that dinner in Palm Springs and I ordered a, a martini and it was so strong. Every sip was a bit of a shudder. Okay. I was going to say, I haven't, when was the last time I did a shot? It must've been with you. Maybe. Oh, sh- what do you mean? Why, why would it be with me? Well, I spend all my time with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, what I'm saying is I have not done a shot since the beginning of the pandemic then. Cause I, since oh. the pandemic, you're the only person I've seen. No, you're right. So, yeah, I, haven't, we I, I haven't either. Oh no, wait a minute. I have. Hang on a minute. I did some homemade limoncello shots at my friends. <laughs> well, good for you. I'm going to do a shot like tonight. <laughs> I'm not. It's 9.30. Oh my God. Oh, we've no. been talking for ages. <laughs> okay. 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 So they're having this great night out. They're dancing to Hot and Her. And they're just, it looks like the, the best time ever. I would like to be in that night out. Yeah. We, we get a kind of a slightly intense ending to the evening where basically they're out on the street and you just hear Sarah scream, no, it's not fucking time to go home. Because at this point, Kimberly and Nicola, the voiceover says it's like 2 a.m. and they've had enough. So Kimberly and Nicola are clearly trying to get out of going to some other club with Sarah. She's like, no, we're not going fucking home. And then basically Kimberly's like talking to the camera. She's she's like, no, I think we're going to go. And Sarah just goes, Kimberly. And she just grabs her and literally Kimberly again beautiful smart kim even if she's feeling a bit drunk she knows well enough to know that she puts her arm around sarah's shoulder she goes one minute to, to Faye on camera and she ushers her away she's like we're not gonna have this conversation on camera and it's clearly some conversation where sarah's like you come into the club and kimberly's just like no sarah me and nicola are going home so what happens next is sarah trots trots away and it looks like the tour manager what's his name again mm, great you know, the, question drew drew <laughs> i know that because it, that because that name Drew is screamed out many times on the episode coming up in Greece. <laughs> Drew, Drew, Drew. climbing to the top of this fucking mountain, Drew. <laughs> oh, so, yes, Sarah and Drew, they carry on. Yeah, so the last thing we see is Sarah. It's a mis- very misleading shot. It looks like Sarah's running off into the uh, Sydney night alone. And I, I noticed this time around, she's screaming the song Hey Baby by DJ Otzi at the top of her lungs. Wait, what's that song? Hey, hey, baby. Ooh. Ooh. Ah, I want to know. That's a, sure. I want to be there. I want to be there. That sounds like a night out. So the next day, they're all fine. They're all in good. I feel like they've got maybe like a 3 p.m. flight. 
Yeah, you know I mean? there's definitely there's definitely some kind of uh, you know they've got to keep their room for an extra day, even though they're not going to spend the night there. Something luxury like that. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> what late so, checkout? The late, yeah. half day half day room late oh, checkout. Being famous, eh? So, uh, so Sarah's by the pool, inexplicably in a headband and full dangly chandelier earrings. Oh, she's just having a great time. I actually didn't even write down what she was saying because I was so entranced by her dangly chandelier earrings by the pool. Was some real pool, pool jewelry? Some pool jewels. <laughs> Feels like maybe she didn't. Maybe she forgot to put them in her luggage, and then she found them. And she's like, "Oh, I'll just wear them on the flight." <laughs> she's like, yep. Uh, I feel. Well, I also. I also feel like they were brand new. Like she brought loads of jewelry with her from Freedom at Topshop that was still like had just been bought, and it was like on those like cardboard hangy things. And then you know, she would just like rip off the cardboard and wear them for a night out. She might lose one. She found these at the bottom of her bag. So I'll shove them on for the pool. I don't want to cast aspersions on Sarah's packing skills, but you know, every time they come back from a trip, her suitcase is a disaster, just a mess. Anyway, last thing we we hear from uh, just from the, from the girls in this bit is just Kim sitting by the pool. She's like, "Oh, last night was a mad one, but it, you know it was fun. We let her hair down. We didn't do anything too stupid." And I just wrote, "She looks gorgeous." Yeah, and they they all enjoyed going out anonymously because no one really knows them there. But we hear at the very end that they did they did enter the charts at number twenty six. Yeah, hold, no, uh, I'll stand by you, wasn't it? Because I did yeah. remember we looked this up last time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, successful trip. Yeah, and then oh, I think we just we cap it off with Hills is just talking about isn't she talking about N- uh, Nadine and Jesse Metcalf and being like oh you know it's just like it's early days you know but I know they had a lovely time <laughs> like oh thanks Hills thank thanks Hills for telling us absolutely nothing now much like Sandra Bullock in the film The Net <laughs> that I based us doing this whole episode around. I found a conspiracy much like Sandra Bullock did, and I put it on a floppy disk, and I'm trying to take it to the top. Okay, now. They said next time, and in the preview, we see Kim shopping for underwear. We didn't see that in the next episode. We've never discussed it. No, wait a minute. We see Nadine shopping for saucy underwear. Yes, correct. <laughs> okay, I got it wrong. We see, okay, so you're I, right. But you're right. Hang on. We see Nadine shopping for saucy underwear, and we see like a long, faraway shot of Jesse Metcalf, but we don't get at, this. At the racetrack, and we don't get to see that because of my mistake, like Sandra Bullock in the net, and the fact that we've had to re-record this, we've recorded all those episodes and we've never talked about seeing Jesse Metcalf at Silverstone or seeing Nadine shopping for bras. So again, much like Sandra Bullock in the net, I have un- uncovered a conspiracy. Faye has buried some footage. Some footage has been buried. Someone put their foot down and said, well, it must've been Nadine. She's like, do you know what? You're not going to show me shopping for my bra or show Jesse at Silverstone. It's not going to happen. <laughs> That's exactly, you're a hundred percent right. Because remember, just thinking forward to the end of the series, it turns out Nadine wasn't happy with filming this show at all. So I bet also, that's what's happened. Also, you're welcome to everyone listening that I finally got my Nadine impression down just for that last quote. Oh, <laughs> I felt like oh. I really got it there. You know, I just landed from Zurich. But we do see coming up next week, and we definitely get this, Sarah crashing a car. That's our girl. That's our girl, Sarah. We love her. Yeah. Just want to say, don't worry, she's safe. Everyone's fine. Not the bodywork of that Ferrari, though. Well, there we go. Thanks, everyone, for for listening. And thank you, Ben, for recording this episode twice with me because of my mistakes. <laughs> what are your... What, what are we calling this episode? Girls Allowed Off... Like, Off off Down Under? Like, a, a whole lot of Oz? Or girls allowed, girls allowed off to the club. Girls allowed off the koala. Girls allowed uh, off to cage some animals. Uh, 
Girls allowed off to throw up in a bin. Oh, oh, wait a minute. Girls allowed off off the bus to vom. <laughs> okay. Then. Girls allowed off to Zurich. Off to. Oh my god! Right. Thank you all for listening. Do get in touch on our Instagram and Twitter, and you can continue watching these episodes on YouTube. This is only episode three, so you've got three more episodes to go. They're coming out every Monday. Fingers crossed that Millennium Bug doesn't get us again. And you are getting every other Wednesday an episode of Regular You're Welcome America. So do do give those a wee listen as well. Fraser, any thoughts, final notes, things you want to say? I just want to say thank you, everyone, for bearing with me. You know, I, do you know what? I just, I just, I'm not used to this technology. I just... Thanks, everyone. You're welcome. Like we had three different cocktails, and then wine. Thanks for coffee. So if I'm leaving, like Pizza Express. If anyone gets mud on this white coat, I swear to God, I'll kill you. I felt like a right twat.